0: So, so food is the single biggest um, input in, in landfills. I think on average in the, U, in the U.S. Is about, it makes up about 30 percent of a, of a given landfills mass. And yeah, and and, and yeah, and you, what you said is, is absolutely right. Methane is 20 times more harmful than carbon dioxide to those on layer. It's, it sticks, uh, you know, it, you're, you're talking about nasty, nasty stuff. And people don't know, people just don't know this.
1: From ALDA, this is the Protect Your Wild Podcast, a show about founders, athletes, and influencers, and how their passions for the environment led to their actions and career paths today. I'm Colin Campbell and this week I'm having a chat with Matt Holtzman, the founder of Go MKT or Go Market, which is an app that he has created to help solve the problem of food waste in America. I think we had a pretty interesting conversation, and I also really think that Matt has found a missing link in this whole food waste issue. Um, So I hope you'll stick around, listen to the whole episode, listen to Matt's story, and if you're in New York especially, check out his app in the App Store and uh, give him some feedback. All right, enjoy. Hey Matt, thanks for joining us. Um, So... First thing, real quick, can you uh, give me the the quick pitch? I guess of what Go Market, or spelled Go MKT, if you look for it on the App Store, uh, what it does, what problem it's here to solve, and then we'll dive into to who you are a little bit.
0: Yeah, of course. So, first of all, thank you very much for for having me. And um, yeah, so I uh, we we uh, launched our company last year. Uh, it's a sustainability startup, and the, the basic premise of the startup at a 30,000-mile you know, view is that we are creating tools, uh, technology tools, to help all sorts of food businesses um, reduce food waste, drive traffic to their locations, and to incentivize and enable uh, donations to charitable, uh, to charitable efforts when possible. So nice. um, we're building a suite of tools to address all those issues, and yeah, we've, we've gone live in New York. Um, and just not too long ago, as I said, and yeah, we're we're that's that's uh, sort of where we stand at the moment.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, obviously, food waste in America, especially, is such a big issue. Um, and I, I'm not too uh, knowledgeable about the restaurant industry and, and the issues that we have there, but we'll we'll dive into that a little bit more um, down the road. So, uh, first off, I guess why why was this problem personal to you, or, or why? Why did you decide to to start this app?
0: Yeah, so I think one of the really compelling um, reasons uh, just occurred when. I, so I, I spent some time living abroad. I spent about four months living in Ecuador um, many years back, and um, uh, one of the things that I that I saw there was just uh, I, I saw folks dealing with food insecurity in a very very direct way. Um, growing up growing up in New York. Um, we, we certainly have food insecurity here, but, um, it wasn't something that I saw on a day to day basis in the same way. And so, um, getting that kind of firsthand view of it, um, seeing what it does to communities and what it does to families, uh, literally the very first thing that hit me when I got back to the States was, wow, we waste an incredible amount of food. We do it really mindlessly. And a lot of the food businesses and retailers sort of have been conditioned to view that as a cost of doing business rather than an opportunity. And back when I started thinking about it, I didn't know what it would turn into and I didn't have the time or resources to uh, to, to really pursue it. Right. But it was always rattling around in the back of my head as something that I wanted to address. And so I finally saved up a little bit and I finally, when I got the time, uh, I knew I wanted to look at it. So that's, that's how this started.
1: Yeah, it's that's a great point. It's crazy on a country as, as prosperous as America. And then a city of New York where you have, you know, the diversity from the struggling, starving artists, as they call it to, you know, these big guys in <laughs> finance, you get the yeah. whole spectrum there. And, and yet, uh, even with all the money, all the resources, all the brain power that we have, that's, you know, you would think food being one of <laughs> the main things you need even before shelter that we'd be able to figure that out. But, um, yeah, it's great yeah. that you're you're working on this. You,
0: you know, it's funny you mentioned that. So I, I think you know, in this country, we're just we're very very good at producing food, but not a lot of and and we've, so we've become we've really really specialized and become quite good at producing food. But when it comes to managing food, you know, late in the latest later stages stages, really up until recently. Very few people have thought about how to do it because mm-hmm. we've we've been so successful at making food so inexpensive. So you know, in some to some to some degree, consumers have been conditioned. Um, you know, t- consumers have been conditioned to throw things out rather than trying to uh, re- repurpose them or recycle them. Right. And a lot of businesses, a lot of businesses don't help. You know, if you uh, there's a quote that I really love from this guy, the the co-founder of Trader Joe's. And it's about supermarkets, and he said. And this will show you this shows you the paradigm of sort of what supermarkets think and how this is sort of been spread into the business. But he said, if I'm a manager of a supermarket and I see and I don't see waste in perishables, which, you know, fruits, vegetables, produce, mm-hmm. I don't see waste in perishables. I worry that the consumer, the consumer experience is suffering. And that's to say that. So mm-hmm. the idea is all these supermarkets. Optimized towards being stocked in, rather, and, and the the last thing in the world they want is for a consumer to come in and see an empty shelf. So they right. overorder on perishables, and they end up having to throw out up to fifteen percent of the perishables. That's the mo- the place where they waste the most money is in perishables. So th- th- that sh- that goes to show you what kind of paradigm you're dealing with. You're dealing with a paradigm that just views that waste as a cost of doing business.
1: Yeah, that's it's so insane. Do you think if we had more food scarcity that we would immediately switch the focus to like managing those uh oh yeah retailers a lot better yeah
0: oh yeah yeah you know it's it's that that that's absolutely right and you know if you if you look at countries so europe has been a a bit i guess a bit uh like farther ahead of the curve on this than we have Mm -hmm. um if if you look at countries where you know, they, you know, there are still generations living that can remember going hungry during, during wartime period or something like that. Um, they're, they're often much better at, they, they often have been more innovative in these spaces and more forward thinking. And, and just sort of, there's a greater respect for the, the value of food, um, that you'll find. So a lot of the very innovative, um, both regulations and products, um, that you can see around food waste, um, uh, have started out in europe and and i hope are slowly making their way towards us
1: yeah yeah i noticed one thing i I was fortunate enough to do a a a long trip this past summer uh kind of backpacking around europe and and one thing i did notice was in the marketplaces that the standard of visually what their (laughs) perishables looked like it was like it made me feel like it was more real. Like the food was legitimate oh, yeah. because there was variance in how it looked and the shapes and the sizes, you know, every onion didn't look the exact same. There's a little <laughs> bit of dirt on it for some reason. I like that. yeah, <laughs> but um, oh, t- totally. Yeah,
0: you know it's you know, the thing is, you know if you've if you've spent time anywhere outside the u s, you realize, you know what produce is really supposed to look like. We have this kind of we have this really odd, this really odd concept that, and, and these these big food businesses have done us a disservice to have this idea that a banana shouldn't have any bruises, uh, mm-hmm. a two-headed a two-headed carrot is deformed, things like that. <laughs> and you see, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's the you, same
1: thing. It it all goes in your stomach anyway. So <laughs> yeah, so weird. exactly.
0: And and so we you know we've been conditioned to have the specific uh, aesthetic view of a lot of different different things, but actually there's a really cool cool movement, the you know, sort of imperfect produce um, an ugly ugly fruits and vegetables kind of movement mm-hmm. that I think is doing is actually very helpful in educating people that you know that that those sorts of things are, are perfectly they're perfectly fine to eat. There's nothing wrong with them and little by little I hope I hope that takes all a big big part of this in my view is just educating people that, you know, shelf lives are are not what they seem. Right. The used by dates are not what they seem. The, the Things that have cosmetic imperfections or not, you know, use your senses, use your nose, use your taste to decide if something's off rather yeah. than relying on those extremely conservative uh, dates, you know, the guidelines by companies that are afraid of being sued. That's a, uh, that's a really good point.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Um, <laughs> what drives me nuts, so I, I'm in Boulder, Colorado here and it's a pretty you cool. know, environmentally aware town, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's like a strange, almost like utopic place, like i don't know it's a weird place but the thing that bugs me it it is beautiful though yeah (laughs) i'm not complaining but um so they they do have at our our local supermarkets the uh the whole ugly fruit thing right well they're they'll advertise it as like you know don't let this food go to waste they give you some of the stats on on all the waste and things like that but uh so of course i'm immediately drawn to this i'm like oh that's great they're actually doing this and um I go and uh, look at a thing of bell peppers and uh, they're not, it wasn't just like, you know, ugly fruit or ugly vegetables. Like uh, these were, let's see, I found, I did buy them once. There was uh, one pepper was being actively ravaged by a worm. So that was one thing. And I'm, I'm not picky. So I, just, I still just cut it out and ate it because, you know, it's fine. Um, and, you know, the other ones were like bruised or borderline rotting. And, and bruise is one thing but like then when there's you know rot starting or like molds or something that's set in that's where i was like oh you're gonna you know turn people away from this whole idea because yeah it's not even just ugly fruit it was like uh you know a certain kind of person like myself is okay with it but i feel like most people would be a bit more turned off um
0: by yeah a worm yeah. Yeah, there, there's definitely there's definitely a danger in so you, you'll also you'll have you'll probably have unscrupulous businesses trying. I mean, like anything, you know, organic or or any kind of movement like that, you'll yeah. have people who are unscrupulous trying to sell things that are not actually good to eat, um, as, you know, as ugly produce or something like that, or trying to call something that isn't organic organic, yeah. you know, you, you, I think as an, as a movement gains traction, you'll always see stuff like that. Um, I mean, you know, that, that's really unfortunate and does a big disservice to, uh, what is otherwise a movement with very good intentions. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you, you that, that can certainly happen. It's important to be careful anyway. And look, people can make mis- make mistakes. So yeah, just, right.
1: Yeah. Um, so is there a reason that you you took the app approach to kind of trying to solve this problem?
0: Yeah, so I, I mean so I think the the idea was you know we we view this as a problem without borders mm-hmm. and and we we want to and we want to be able to offer this solution anywhere where people are, are 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 accepting of it. you know this is this is not a solution for every it's not as a solution for every city at, at right now, and I, I actually, you know, even despite the fact that we started in New York, we recognized that the market here would would be tough. It's because consumers here are very picky about about what they want. They want it exactly when they want it, uh, and exactly the size, shape, and form, and all the spe- specifications. You know, so we, we we knew that we would we that would be a challenge. Yeah.
1: Sounds like um, some Yankees
0: right there. bunch <laughs> of <Pussy> Yankees out <laughs> <up> there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, whereas you know, a place like Boulder or you know, like other places, maybe places Denver, on the West yeah, Coast, a little bigger, places, bigger. yeah, places on the uh, West Coast, um, you know, might be more amenable to the idea and and more immediately receptive to the idea. But we started here because you know we, we're we're I'm based here, and you know some yeah. of our other folks are based here. So, but yeah, I mean. You know, so the idea the idea with having an app is just yeah to make it accessible to any community that wants to use it um, and and to make it that much easier for for folks to sort of develop that infrastructure naturally from the ground up you know we don't we don't necessarily need boots on the ground in order to be able to launch the app we just need a certain number of retailers who're willing to use it and we can go live in that place so yeah. you know our our solution hopefully is something like that, that, that scales without a significant sales presence as long as the community wants it.
1: Right. Yeah. That makes total sense. I was actually the, the first idea. Um, so Alda, this whole brand now that's more of a, that's a media company was originally back in college, a business plan. (laughs) And my very, very first idea, uh, was like an basically like an app that would, uh, allow you in store to, you know, essentially scan products and then it'd pull up, um, you know, details on, you know, production standards or sustainability things about that brand or whatever. Um, because of that, that whole idea that, uh, you know, phones are attached, they're, they're an extension of the human now, right? Um, yeah. They're, they're tools obviously that we use in our everyday life, but if you want to influence behavior and change the way people see things, why not do it through the thing that's attached to their hip, twenty four seven, that is now the source, you know, of all information. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I think there's a really 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 strong chance of this thing taking off, especially in um, you know places like. Denver, uh, I don't know a whole lot about the New York culture, but since since being here for the past few years um, yeah, people in Colorado love their environment that's, that's a definite, at least in the, the Denver-Boulder area and uh, are very aware of, of the issues like um, food waste
0: yeah. I mean, I have to tell you, you know, a lot of the very forward, I mean, the, the forward, the companies that we have here that are more forward thinking on this issue also tend to be on the West coast. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of, uh, uh I know a lot of companies that come, actually some, some that, some that have come out of Denver too. Um, you know, I, so, I mean, yeah, I think, I think we, we have a ways to go relative to Europe, but, but we're getting there and the, the conversation yeah. starting, I think people are people are beginning to uh, appreciate the gravity of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah. are there any uh like figures, mentors or or people that were in your life as you grew up that kind of influenced your your path and and your direction into, you know, helping others or you know, using your brain to make the world a better place?
0: Um, you know, <sighs> So some of the members of my family are, you know, we're in, in public service and um, you know in government, and uh, so it's it, that that kind of stuff is always always kicking around in the back of my head. Sort of how do how do we make this how do we make this better for the largest number of people, and and how do we you know if you, if you if you see a problem and it looks utterly you know stupid, how do you how do you fix it? Yeah, <laughs> especially when no one else is looking at it. I mean, I feel like. You know, and, and governments, look, governments can be helpful there, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, uh, you, you take the example, take the example of, uh, of France and, you know, France legislated at uh, France, put what, in my view, is very smart legislation, you know, so that anytime a, a supermarket wants to throw food away, they have to notify um, a certain number of, of of food banks and nonprofits prior to doing that. I think, I, I, to me that's just a com- very common sense regulation. it makes sense, sense, yeah, it makes yeah, sense. Exactly right. i mean it's it's funny that it took someone it's funny that it took a government legislating that in order for people to do it yeah. but but, but yeah. But you know, it's stuff like that where you know, as much as as much as we can, you know, say you know, the government is not always a, a big source of innovation, but it's legislation like that, common sense sort of stuff like that that can be actually really powerful. And I, 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 New York, New York is is getting there. There are some interesting things that are coming out of the city council um, and and uh, around this problem. But so I think you know, when I, when I look at people, you know, growing up, I, I you know, I was just sort of looking at underdogs and and people who were you know, tackle big challenges like this and i always respected those people so um yeah. i i just you know that this is and, and 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 do it doing that without a lot of fanfare too you know you, you don't you just not, not someone who needed you know to be celebrated by everybody but just somebody who tackled a, a big problem sort of you know fearlessly and and uh and, and and wanted wanted to to try something interesting out
1: yeah absolutely i definitely hope that anybody who's younger can take away from this aspire to be somebody that you look up to that you respect yeah. and like understand that if you you know put the work in or if you uh you know learn about yourself understand your strengths and stuff you you can you know one day be be in the shoes of somebody to make a difference and then i i like to think back uh, you know of what would my my 10 year old self think of me you know as a young adult today um, and use that as, like, a good barometer for, like, the direction <laughs> I'm going a little bit. Um, but, yeah, did you uh, uh, have, I guess, growing up in, in New York, much access to the outdoors, or were you out in nature very often?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you know, my, my family... So, actually, where I grew up in New York, um, it feels like... Kind of, it's, it's still within the confines of the city, but it actually feels kind of like a park. Um, I grew up in a place called Riverdale, which is okay. north, north, of, north, 30 minutes by car north of the city. And but it, it, it feels like you've set foot inside of a park. So, I mean, I, I grew I grew up with trees all around me and uh, and dirt. And, uh, and I got plenty of chances to skin my knee and, you know, right. and all that uh, climb some trees and all things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, but, but yeah, I think, but, but I had both experiences. So yeah, I li- lived in, lived in city places growing up and lived in sort of, uh, lived in places that felt a bit more like that. So, um, yeah, I, I got a bit of both, I'd say. i I feel lucky for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, that's one of the the big issues, the more I've gotten into this, this world of sustainability is I, I noticed the lack of access of urban areas, to nature like if you're a kid you're you're kind of limited to your backyard now especially um with with how uh you know i guess helicopter parents are, are more and more common you're you're pretty well limited to what's right around you or where your parents will take you um yeah. but i was i was lucky enough in growing up in gainesville florida to have oh, a, a cool. neighborhood with a creek in it and uh yeah. we would walk you know down out the neighborhood about five minutes or so and we're in the creek and having pine cone wars, and you know, searching <laughs> for sharks' teeth and and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, that's a, another problem that you know some other smart innovator will will help uh, come up with some solutions to is getting some of these urban kids outside as well. Um, yeah, I mean that, that's I, I think it's it's so important because you know they,
0: they talk about people who grow up you know in, in in areas that are they're farming areas. These the, people people who've grown up in those areas respect what it takes to 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 grow something. How, oh, you yeah. know the, the inputs, the labor, the all, all all of the different inputs it takes. And so, you know, when when once you have that respect for what it takes to grow something, and, and the, the the time and effort, you it's it's much harder to just mindlessly throw that in a trash can.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, so I I think I think you know people. People of that perspective, it's a really valuable perspective, and it's a perspective that I wish more people had.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was uh, another lucky thing. We had a big garden in our backyard. And yeah. So my my dad was kind of a hippie growing up and, and lived in a commune for a while and, and the whole nine yards, right? But cool. he, he always stuck yeah. with gardening. And, uh, you know, as much as I hated it when I was little, picking weeds, and, um, you know, when we'd start, he would uh, have us help till the dirt and everything. and help them plant stuff and I I swear most like because Florida is hot as hell so there's that but (laughs) most of the time (laughs) being outside there I was I was kind of a not a big fan of it now I find myself in Colorado uh, and on my lunch breaks I go outside to to pick the weeds in our little raised bed and actually get to turn my brain off for a little bit and you know just enjoy feeling the dirt and uh, yeah, yeah there's something about it but yeah, that is a great I mean, point. People gotta respect where it comes from, for sure.
0: And I, I don't, I don't have this 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 study right to hand, but there's a study that that Japanese researchers did about the effects of parks and gardens and green space on people, and just the 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 the, the unbelievable effects, the calming effects that it has on people. Um. They they took they took groups of people who had different sort of disorders into into parks and into nature, and they found that that oftentimes their symptoms would subside during those periods of time. It, it, the The power of, of of natural space is really un- phenomenal. On on people in general. And it, the, the evidence is very clear about that. And I, so it's, I think it's, it's really important to be in those spaces.
1: Yeah. I'll see if I can, I can find that and maybe have a link to it in the notes or something. Or if you, if you happen to come across an email it to me, I'll try to include that. Cause I'd be curious to see that as well. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd,
0: I'd be happy to send it to you. Yeah. Great.
1: Um, so getting a little bit more into the app now of, of Go Market, um, and, and your experience. So you said it, it came from kind of, what you witnessed in Ecuador and all the all the waste that's was right Ecuador so yep <laughs> and all the waste that uh, we have here in America um, what have been kind of some of the the biggest challenges you've come across uh, in this this whole process of developing an application and turning an idea into you know a reality yeah
0: so i think one of the one of the big, i mean one of the biggest challenges is, there's a big educational component to begin with and that is you know you have to you have to tell people that you know you have to communicate to people in a, in a very concise way that you know they're they're not buying a product that's that's old or that you, that's no longer edible they're right. buying the same thing would happen if you walked into a store towards closing time And you purchase something; it's the exact same surplus of inventory,
1: basically, right?
0: Exactly, and actually, it's funny you use that term because I almost, I very, I try not to use the term "food waste" because our entire the guiding principles and behind everything we do is that whether the food is edible or is not edible, it still can be used. So I, I, I frequently use the term surplus. Perfect. Um, but yeah, so I'll I mean, title the episode yeah.
1: eating food waste Then no, <laughs> but yeah, surplus, I think definitely is that the accurate term there. Yeah.
0: I've, so, so, I mean, the, the idea is, you know, yes, there, there are people who feel uncomfortable, you know, eating, eating a sandwich or eating a slice of pizza or eating a salad, you know, if, if it's towards the end of the evening and, you know, God bless them, everybody has peculiarities and, you know, yeah. and, and they, they, they have to, to, to live with, but especially those you know, Yankees I, up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> so many Yankees that just c- cannot cannot eat a, a salad if it's one hour <laughs> past when it was made. It's, um, but, but, but yes, so, 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 you know, you, there's an educational component to it, and you have to be very sensitive because you know, you know, food is a very personal. It's very personal things. So you have to be. You have to figure out how to tell people that in a concise way that you know that that, that this is what we're doing and what the goal is around it. Um, one of the I'd say just in terms of the logistics of it mm-hmm. um, you know we we it's 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 challenging also to t- walk around and talk to retailers because you have such a limited window when you're talking to them so so it's challenging to walk around and, and try to communicate this concept to them in a concise way because the first thing they they think you're not an, just
1: another ordering app um,
0: and that's couldn't be farther from the truth like, we didn't um... get into
1: Ordering app like a uh, DoorDash or like a, I don't know what the yeah ex- exactly or a
0: Seamless or a GrubHub or one right, of, okay, of gotcha. the yeah yeah so they,
1: they they you
0: know they they think you're another ordering app and then their brains turn off and then you've lost them right mm. so you 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 have to make the case very very quickly you have probably thirty seconds to make the case before their brain turns off um, and so you know so definitely communicating this message and figuring out how to communicate this message to retailers in a concise and effective way is definitely is is a challenge um, and you know look with with a, with a small company like mine also just having you know we 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 wanted to have some sales folks and so we we experimented with that a bit but I think you know more and more you you have to, you have to—it's—it's it's, so we, you have to find people who really understand how to communicate those things quickly and efficiently. Yeah. So it's—it's it's, that's another challenge: is finding people who are who are good sales folks who can communicate those ideas to the food businesses very quickly. Um, right. So yeah, those are some of the those are some of the challenges we face. But I think I think we've done a reasonably good job of of and uh, you know of studying those issues anticipating them and sort of formulating uh, our pitches around them.
1: Right. So in that note, what would be the pitch, I guess? What are the benefits to the retailers and then what's the benefits to the consumers?
0: Yep. So we we whenever we were formulating these materials, we always had in the back of our minds, like, how do you pitch this to a person, even if he or she doesn't know about sustainability, doesn't right. care about it? Like, How do, how do you do that? So we had to. You have to hit on a variety of different points. Um, so some of the points we hit on were: um, this is a. This is going to bring in extra, additional foot traffic to your locations, right? So you're going to get customers to come in the store. They're ex- you're going to experience your food, albeit at a lower price point. Um, so you're getting additional traffic. We also we we advertise all of our customers. So we we put them on social media. Um, you. And anything that's sold is this is found money. So we're we're selling things right. that would otherwise go to waste. So it's entirely found money for for them. Um, and so e- whatever the you know whatever whatever it is, any any kind of claims about that, that's a it's a it's a service we're offering. Um, the the last thing that we, we sort of that we that and and we've begun working on this, but the, the last value add, at least for the mobile. Um, side and we're building additional products that we'll, we'll run and we can talk more about those um but yeah the, the last value I add is you know in the event that this food doesn't sell at the end of the night we are we are aiming to be the logistics arm um for how that for getting that food to the closest charity or or or, or food pantry to the retailer and so that the retailer can get tax benefits from it uh, um, okay yeah Makes so and, and 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 actually if you look at the Stats. Um, if you look at the stats for for small and medium sized retailers, you know these are retailers, let's say in New York, who, are, who earn um, revenues of a million dollars uh, per year. You know, you can if you if you donate routinely and you're looking to, uh, and and you're claiming tax benefits on it, um, you can you can save anywhere from from twenty five thousand up to you know it's for about forty you know, thousand dollars. that's that's legitimate. That's, yeah. And that's, and that's, that's a, that's a person's salary or, or yeah. up to two people's salaries. So right. you know it, it's, and actually the vast majority of those businesses are not taking advantage of that now. So, and, and even if they, even if they want to, oftentimes they don't know how to do it. They're worried about liability. Um, and actually something that's really fascinating. Uh, there has never been just, just so that it's very clear. There's a Huffington Post article on this. There has never been a successful liability case Argued against anyone in the United States, it has ne- for food donation. It has never happened. A but that's ba- a, yeah. ex- a common
1: excuse, or one of the most common excuses. Oh, is oh, it, you hear that. You hear that all the time. They'll
0: say, "Oh, I'd really like to give, but I don't want to be sued." Well, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, here's an article right, for you. you here's an article <laughs> for you to read. And and by the way, I'd be happy to send you that as well, if, if oh if, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. if you're interested in I'll taking a look minute. at it. It's yeah, it's it's. I mean, this it's it's staggering because. You you hear that so much, and yet it's literally never happened.
1: That's, that drives me crazy when it's it's like because yeah. you know logically some people who may not be as well informed will hear that and will be like oh okay yeah I guess that could be a thing right <laughs> and and take their word for it or <laughs> take it at face value but sneaky yeah. sneaky companies here um, oh yeah uh, so when when you say uh, uh, retailers is that both supermarkets and like restaurants with excess inventory?
0: Yeah, so our our mobile app, our mobile app, the first product, was geared towards small and medium sized business, food businesses. So it's more along the lines of cafes, bakeries, restaurants, um, and and actually we didn't, you know, we we haven't even approached big chains yet. We we wanted to focus on independent businesses first. Um, and look, um, you know, we we started in this space precisely because it's it's the, the, the stats suggested something like upwards of 90 percent of the surplus food that's generated by small and medium-sized businesses in new york and i actually believe this is true um more broadly speaking too but i know it's true in new york 90 upwards of 90 percent of that food goes direct that surplus food goes directly into a landfill so those businesses have by far the fewest channels for actually doing anything about surplus food we yeah. we wanted to we wanted to start there Um uh, that's, that's why we chose them, um, first. Makes sense. Um, if you take, if you take the example for
1: sure is a lot, a lot bigger to, uh, a smaller company, <laughs> of course.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, look, if you take a, if you take food businesses like supermarkets, oftentimes they have better established channels for, for managing surplus inventory. So sometimes they have relationships with, um, with food banks, um, or, or, you know, they can send prod their products back to manufacturers and they get, so, you know, sort of pennies on the dollar kind of thing. They have those relationships, um, or the, or they can sell them downstream to smaller, uh, to smaller markets. There's, so there are, there are a variety of different things that supermarkets can do, but the, 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 the restaurants, the bakeries, the cafes, those folks have very, very, very few, um, to almost none, no different channels for, for managing this problem. So. That, we felt that was the most urgent area to, to start.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. and then on the consumer side or the the person who would be going around basically you're getting excess inventory at a discounted rate, right? So you're saving money on your your produce and your perishables uh and it's it's another thing where it seems very like logical and like, oh, I can get you know, perfectly good food for less money. Makes sense. I'll take it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. Exactly. So I mean, look. Um, the 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 nice thing about, the nice thing about something like this is some of our offers go up to seventy five percent off, and this is you know it's for for anything from you know to, to sandwiches and salads and things like that. Um, so you know you're you're able to you're able to do a so, basically do a social good by by rescuing food that would otherwise go to waste. Right. Uh, you save money. And, you know, this is the, this is the idea behind it. And, and also when, when you support our company, you're supporting efforts to feed people in need too, because we're, we are, we are going to build logistics for, for managing all of that. So that's, that's our mission. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, the, 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 the one drawback to, to doing this and, we 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 we're going to change this but look at the moment you know you you have specific pickup windows so we're still it's to some extent you still have to plan it but you know but that's we're we're still in the early phases of the game and mm-hmm. we're working around we're working around that to make sure that no matter when you want something um, you'll be able to access it and some of our partners have offer things you know at at at, at more inter- intervals and um, some of our partners are, have fewer intervals, but yeah, it's just and you know, it just sort of depends on the retailer.
1: Yeah, and I imagine with uh, scale as that comes, that that will help a lot of those types of issues, I guess. Yeah, gets traction I so. like that. Yeah,
0: I suspect that's right. Yep.
1: Um, so, where do you kind of see uh, this app or, or any other ideas or apps you have in the work developing and growing over the next like three to five years? Like what would be that ideal picture for you?
0: Yeah, so um, I think our our overarching goal is to our overarching goal is to be a hub for food businesses of all sizes. You know, anything from a cafe to a big agri processor. And to do that, um, you need to build you need to build different tools for for different businesses of different sizes. We have um, a product that's coming out soon that I. That, you know that we, we haven't shared publicly but um, we're going to be launching relatively soon it's our second product the product I have talked about publicly though is um, um, a, a market creating a marketplace so I think one of the one of the really compelling things that that I like that I've seen is um, you know so I and actually I mentioned this earlier um, so oftentimes supermarkets have these channels um, whether they're formal or informal channels right. but we we wanted to build a marketplace to formalize all, all those channels, um, so that so that basically there's never any uncertainty about whether food. And then by the way, mind you, this could be edible or non-edible food. There's never any uncertainty about any uncertainty about what's going to happen to it. So on the edible on the edible on the edible side, you know, you'd be able to um, you'd be able to sell food downstream to smaller partners. You'd be able to donate it. Um, you, you know, you'd be, you'd, you'd have other options for sort of, for sort of upcycling it mm-hmm. on, uh, on the, on the non-edible side, you, you'd have these really cool applications in, um, in agriculture. So can you get, can you get sort of food that's not fit for human consumption to, to cattle and for agricultural purposes or right. for composting? Uh, and even more interesting actually than that is, is you know, there's a there's a really big sort of there's an upswing in um, a technology called anaerobic digestion, which I think is a and I'm not sure I don't I don't know if you've heard of it. But please stop I, me. If, explain if, that if to you, me.
1: Yeah, no. I've, oh,
0: sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so anaerobic digestion is a really cool process that's increasingly being used in in, in farms. If you take um, uh, so big agri processors like Tyson are using it, um, and basically what it does is if you imagine yeah. just you know, if you're driving through the countryside and you imagine a, you've seen these big silo looking things, yeah. It basically takes any kind of organic material. Um, and, and what you do is you put it in this huge silo vat looking thing. Um, you seal it. So it's airtight, spin it over the course of a month and subject it to heat it has to be above hundred. It's about, I think it's about 101 some odd degrees. And d- during that period, you separate out biogas on the top and compost on the bottom so you're taking a process that's essentially worthless this this organic waste and creating two uh two pro two byproducts of it that can be sold and can be used to power power your operations the biogas can be used to so so uh the agri this tyson is using uh anaerobic digestion to power its operations from using biogas and and i believe they sell their compost but Yeah, more and more farmers can use that, so it's really cool. And we, what we want to do is, we want to formalize all those channels, all the different channels that now sort of exist informally, to make sure that there's consistent supply and demand for all those things, and create a marketplace for them. So so that, yeah. So it's one of the the, one of the products that we're looking to build um, over the long term. We look. We also are going to add. we're, We're going to have. Um, analytics and uh, to, to help people manage these issues better so that the situations don't arise to begin with yeah um, you know analytics and 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 things like that and, and tracking solutions and those are those are some of the sort of more software uh, based uh, solutions that we want to build on top of a marketplace
1: nice that's that's awesome so is that, is it yeah. methane i guess that's the byproduct for the the gas that comes off of that yep exactly and and that that can be converted
0: into a variety of different things it can be converted into different pro uh, into different products but yeah the the, the the end result is just the biogas um and the biogas can be harnessed for for any for, for any number of different applications nice. and they're, they're they're really i mean actually I've, I've seen anaerobic um anaerobic generators that are um uh, i'm sorry anaerobic digesters that are um um, that are of all different sizes. They have small ones. They have large ones. Mm. So it's it's really pretty cool. And honestly, you know, uh, you know, it it can literally be used with any kind of byproduct. It can be used with with any kind of natural byproduct of anything. Uh, just any kind of organic material. And right. it, it's 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 really it's really cool. Um, so I, I honestly think you know if you think about just taking kitchen scraps out or. Um, yeah you know, whatever it might be and and turning that into something that generates energy it's I, I think it's it's a very cool application not,
1: yeah it sounds like a, a win-win or a smart solution to one of these issues obviously yeah. food waste going to landfills and giving off methane and stuff is a the, that methane's a lot worse than uh, your carbon dioxide and so forth in terms of uh, its impact on the atmosphere so um, <laughs> that's great to to get as much of that food out of the landfills as possible and actually utilize it <laughs> yeah that's right so, so so food is the single biggest
0: um input in in landfills i think on average in the, U, in the u.s is about it makes up about 30 percent of a, of a given landfills mass and yeah and 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 yeah and you what, what you said is is absolutely right methane is 20 times more harmful than carbon dioxide to those layer it's it sticks uh you know it, you're you're talking about nasty nasty stuff and people don't know people just don't know this
1: yeah um yeah.
0: and 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 even look even you know you look i mean we're, we're talking about solutions at scale here and uh but even if you just want to compost uh you just want to compost what you've got you know, encourage the people who live around you to, to pull their compost and, and and do something with it. Just, you know, small steps.
1: I imagine does New York? Uh, I'd assume does not have uh, like an industrial or like a, a composting built into their their waste management infrastructure for like people to separate that out as well from their trash. Um. Uh, so they they started doing they they did a pilot curbside
0: um, pickup for for organics I think in 2013 they started in 2013 hmm. uh, it hasn't been rolled out completely and by the way so many other cities in the United States are doing a way better job at this I mean it's it's I know it's a religion in San Francisco to do this was a first for uh-huh. me in
1: Boulder too it's not in Gainesville yeah. as, as much as Gainesville would like to be the the Boulder Portland of Florida but they didn't have any of the the composting built in there but I was, yeah. I was happy to see it in Boulder
0: yeah, so I mean a lot a lot of cities are are way ahead of New York uh, when it comes to this sort of thing. New York's catching up, but yeah, yeah I mean the scale is like, just crazy
1: it, though. Of course to, to implement things like that, obviously it has to be done on such a uh, a large scale. It's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, it it de- it definitely does. And you, you know, you're talking about you're talking about millions of tons um, every year um but look and, and then but there's some really co- interesting companies coming out here too there's some there's a company called american organic energy and there's it was a big new york times write-up on them that's an anaerobic digester and and you know it's it's a really it's very it's a very fun it's a very amusing write up uh the guy is a big character but it's really cool and the, the the author ends up concluding that it's guys like him and you know not her solitary efforts composting stuff but it's guys like him who you know, driving a porsche or <laughs> something like that who's you know is basically going to you know he's probably going to you know he he has he has a ton of those digesters uh, out on long island and hmm. you know they they have a really big operation and he's going to get all of his inputs for free because the city's going to transfer it to him um the the, the people you know, he's, he's taking they're they're happy uh, you know they're happy to get it off their hands the city's transferring it to him all of his inputs are free and then he outputs biogas i mean i, I
1: Yeah. So it's a good model. Yeah. I, I really hope to see things like that continue to take off. Um, yeah. And so what would be the, the best thing, I guess, for, uh, somebody to, you know, go ahead and support you today? Uh, you said that the Kickstarter campaign was, was over, but, um, yeah. How best could people support?
0: Yeah. So yeah, we, we recently success, we successfully concluded a little Kickstarter campaign um not too long ago um, but look if, if, if people want to support our efforts first of all I'd be happy to anybody who wants to reach out to me my uh, I give you my personal email address it's Matt at go matt and you I, I'd be happy to chat with you look um, you know we're we're still we're still in a place where you know we we are happy to take good ideas from wherever they come and we're open to we're open to advice and um, we We just we're we're looking to partner with as many like-minded people as possible. So reach out to us, download the app, spread spread the word. Um, If if uh, and look, there we we may do we may do equity crowdfunding at a certain point as an intermediate. Yeah, as an intermediate stage in between a, pr- a more traditional fundraising round um, and, and what we've done now, so I, I can I can certainly I can you know I'll, I'll cert- I can certainly we'll 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 put we'll put that out on our social channels um, if we do it, but yeah that so that would be an opportunity for folks to participate if they want to as sort of the ground level, but yeah just in general you know we, we, we want to talk to like minded people so and we're always happy to have conversations with folks who share our values around these. Uh, on these issues and yeah so just reach out to us support us tell your friends neighbors parents <laughs> yeah, yeah i'll be getting
1: out i have a bunch of i i went to the business college at, at uf so i had a bunch of friends of course in finance and stuff that all migrated up to new york and so i'm gonna start shooting them or, or that community there the app and see if i can get some of them using it and I, i'd be curious to hear uh you know what they think of it and stuff because they're most of them are not like sustainability or environmentally, you know, <laughs> conscious or minded people. As much as I would be chirping in their ear about this and that, <laughs> um, uh, I so yeah, I'd love to to try to get it uh, into their hands as much as I can. Um,
0: thank thank you for offering to do that. Yeah, absolutely. and you know, look when when we when we said that, we knew we had to win we, if we wanted to succeed, we had to win um, over people, you know, p- certainly people who care about sustainability, but also people who are just, people who are just going about their daily business and, yeah. you know, d- mm-hmm. d- just, and then maybe they, they, they tune that stuff out and we, we gotta, you gotta win those folks over too. And, uh, you know, I think everybody, everybody, I, th- I think it's one area where a lot of people agree. And that is that, food could be put to better use. Uh, a lot of people are hungry. It's one out of, the, the, the stats change, but it's either it's one out of seven or one out of eight people, depending on the year. Americans don't know where their next meal is coming from. A lot of people agree about that subject. So, you know, you, you know, if, even if they don't, even if they don't recognize the sustainability angle, uh, you know, that's, that's a, an area where, you know, hopefully folks can come together um, to, to rally around it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, this next part I like to do, I like to kind of break up these conversations with, with a, a little segment. So I put together some quick, a couple quick kind of like rapid fire questions, if you will, um, that are just to get your off the cuff answer on. And then if something, you know, sparks a little conversation or whatever, then that's great. But um, so yeah, how about I, I fire these off to you real quick? Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Sweet. Um, okay. So, first one i got uh what is your favorite or most used app on your phone right now
0: <laughs> my goodness um i gotta say i'm a i'm a big lift guy i use i use lift all the time put in the pools i i love i love lift and yeah. uh I'm using that all the time. It's probably a very boring answer, but
1: <laughs> no, mine would be Google Maps because I don't know how to get anywhere. <laughs> oh man, me too. Actually, I can I can I change my answer? Google yeah. Maps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I it legitimately looked on my phone, and well, because of Alda and stuff, my top was Instagram, and then uh, the amount of time I use Google Apps or Google Maps per day was was a joke. Uh, <laughs> but. You know.
0: I, It's funny. It's making me want to scroll through my apps now and see which ones. Actually, yeah, Instagram is very good. By the way, I love Instagram, and Instagram's great. Great for businesses. Mm-hmm. At some point, they're probably going to charge for all that. But I mean, my God, there it's it's a great way for businesses
1: to be in touch with people.
0: Oh, yeah, way, way better, way better than Facebook, actually.
1: I've discovered a lot of the companies we've talked with just through, like I think with you guys, just through a message or or like somebody sees a post they did on X, Y, or Z and goes, "Oh, let me hit them up." And so yeah I've, yeah, I've loved that for connecting. Um, great. Cool. So next one, uh, what's uh, an environmental issue? Outside of, I guess, what we've been talking about with food waste, that, that you think will get a lot more attention uh, in the next few years,
0: I I really hope, uh, and I, I think it's gotten it's it's gotten a reasonable amount of attention already. But I, I really hope the issue of microplastics and plastics mm. in general, yeah, and and the specific garbage patch and and microplastics. Look, they they recently did a they recently did a a, a study. And I think it's 90, it's maybe it's 91% or 92% of municipal water supplies have microplastics in them. Um, that's coming f- largely from this fast, fast fashion and all these plastic elements, and, uh, and, fabrics going into the water supply. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's a ticking time bomb. And yeah, I really hope people wake up and pay attention to that. Cause that's, that's, that's going to affect everybody.
1: Admittedly, that's something in my own life that I haven't, um, invested in any of the products to solve yet is, is the, uh, um, uh, microplastics that come off of, of some of the shirts. Cause, uh, you know, even our branded ones, they are made of recycled, you know, plastic essentially, right. <laughs> it's what it gets spun yeah. into the polyester. Um, so yeah, it's like solving one problem, but feeding into another one that, yeah. There hopefully will be some, some large scale solutions to down the road too. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a, a good thing to bring some attention to for sure.
0: Yeah. I, I, I hope, I hope people start focusing on that a bit more.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, uh, or who is a favorite entrepreneur of yours? Doesn't have to be living. Um, doesn't have to be born yet. If there's anybody in the future you know might be born, that sounds like they'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, this is this is a very simple one uh, for me. E- Elon Musk. Uh,
0: e- Elon Musk is crazy. Um, Elon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some someone someone who. Someone who I admire just uh, just oodles, and I can't say enough nice things about him. And every time he pisses off the SEC and uh, all of that, just makes me happier about the whole thing.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> He's such a, a interesting character, but uh, I, I definitely have some money in Tesla, and I'm a little bit worried as it's <laughs> dropped. I don't know, twenty oh, percent or so in the past well, couple of weeks. But you know, everybody look, I know my age is like. The car I want is not a Ferrari. It's not a Lambo. It's a Tesla. Yeah, It's the coolest the P100D. Yeah,
0: P100D. Oh I mean, no, I'm
1: not. I'm t- I mean, look, long term,
0: long term, long term with with uh, Elon, you are safe. Short term swings, uh, short term swings can be scary, but yeah. long term. Long-term, that's the right place to be.
1: Yeah. I, I hope to get uh, this podcast to the point where uh, if a founder like hits a joint or something on the podcast, that it'll impact their stock price and like they'll lose billions somehow. Like, that was the most... <laughs> I don't know if you knew about that happening, but that was uh, one of the craziest swings that Tesla took was after on Rogan's podcast, <laughs> Elon oh, yeah. hits a joint, and I bought... Uh, right after it tanked and then it jumped right back up like ten percent or something crazy. Well it's, it's, it's funny. funny you watch
0: that you watched that and he didn't even inhale. Oh yeah it's a bunch bunch of bunch of hypocrites who uh, so who had problems with that. What a what a joke.
1: Yeah. Um but yeah I'm 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 right there with you on Elon. I'm I'm all all aboard the, the Elon Musk hyperloop yeah. train, if you will. Yep. Um so uh, what is a uh, an impactful memory you have of, of being in in nature? Be it you know a vacation you had or just a a first experience playing in the mud.
0: Um. Well, that that same time I spent in Ecuador, we we lived right at smack dab in the middle of a forest, That's, and uh, yeah. and and so you know I just the, the first night I got there, I didn't think I'd be able to make it through. I, I mean, I lost my shoes; they were. <laughs> ants, ants biting my feet. And then you know, a little girl handed me a kerosene lan- lantern. And, you know, I, and I was supposed to share a plank of wood, you know, probably, a, you know, just barely the size of my body with somebody else and so, <laughs> with a straw mattress, but yeah, living out there in nature and, and, um, and seeing all the flora and fauna, all, you know, it's just unbelievable. Um, yeah. so I, I mean, I would say that was that was really a defining experience, and I just I, I love the forest, and I love spending time out there. Uh, no matter where it is, it's it's really, and I could I come back to that that Japanese study, and you know, when when you when you realize that you know going into into nature can r- relieve any kind of ailments you think you have in your brain, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful, it's a it's a, you wonder why more people aren't spending more time out in in, in nature.
1: Yeah, yeah, people are afraid I think to detach these days. It's like the yeah. I I personally also see a lot of the anxiety and stress. You know, I'm a really busy dude. I work full-time and then do this after my full-time job. Uh being able to get out and do something physical in nature, climbing, mountain biking, whatever is uh yeah, a game changer. Um Yeah, I agree. So what is a uh, a place that you want to travel to before you die that you haven't been to yet?
0: Uh well, I'm I'm very big on Southeast Asia, um, mm. and I've I've been to Thailand, um, but no I I want to I want to see all of the little countries that are dotted throughout Southeast Asia. Um, hopefully sooner than before I die. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, you're on your deathbed. Uh,
0: but, you're like cart me around, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> Take, cart me around in Laos, please. Yeah, um, yeah no, I I, I, I mean. Yeah, I, I can't stop saying enough nice things about the with the, with the food and and the hospitality and and just everything else and I just so I those those are some of my favorite places to visit and per, yeah, partic- particularly actually the the more rural areas there. Oh um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would love to. I haven't I haven't been anywhere in Southeast Asia yet myself, but some have some very close friends who um spent I think 3 years or so after graduating out there, so I'm I'm excited to see it um cool uh so that that pretty much covers my rapid fire questions and to close it out there's a a few more broad things i like to ask everybody and and get different views on um and then we'll talk a little bit about the last last plugs we might want to do and uh wrap this thing up so how would you explain sustainability to a toddler like you know three to five yeah, so that's it's really it's actually very challenging.
0: Um, but what I would I guess what I would say is um, that our resources are limited, and that you know while we have a lot of amazing things, it's important for all of us to put in an effort to safeguard them mm-hmm. for future generations um, and to not to not take them for granted. And so the natural resources that we have are are the responsibility of everybody and um and and that's it's really important to to look after them and and appreciate them while we have them because they won't last forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I find yeah. using candy can be a great way to get the kids locked in and then say, "Well, sorry, there's only 5 here and uh I decided to take <laughs> four of them, so you get the one." <laughs> I try not to make kids cry, but it happens sometimes. Um, <laughs> I like that strategy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell I don't have kids because I I don't mind her yeah. anyway. Neither um, do I. <laughs> so, what is uh, uh, one like kind of sustainability tip in in your own lifestyle? I always like to to tie things back to to the individual and you know what people can do on their own fairly easily to to you know change their impact. So, what's what's one easy tip you'd give people to? to help reduce their their impact on the earth
0: well this is going to make me sound like i come directly from portland or something uh but um but uh Use you know we, we compost
1: <laughs> is that what you're going with?
0: <laughs> well so this, this this might be out this is going to be out of left field but so i i am a i i i love i love regular milk but i i just can't i can't i sort of upsets my stomach um mm-hmm. so i i shy away from it so i have all, i have a lot of almond milk and I was just buying cartons and cartons and cartons of almond milk. It turns out that you can make a mean almond or any kind of nut milk if you just have any kind of blender. Uh, This is just a super random tip, but yeah. So we, so I've taken to it can whether it's oat milk or uh, almond milk or mixture of peanut and peanut butter and almond butter. um, I I just you throw a a few scoops of the almond butter or peanut butter or whatever it might be in the bottom of the blender. Um, and add a quantity of water up usually up close to the top blend it for a little while and then you've got something a product that's just as good as any mm-hmm. almond milk or uh, that you can get in the stores so you don't that's need to go time. yeah and then i, I use a glass I use a glass container for it and you don't need to go lugging all all of those cartons of almond milk around with you wherever you are and it's it's pretty convenient and say actually saves a lot of money too. I like
1: so, it. Yeah, that can yeah, be expensive I, for sure.
0: <laughs> it it sure is, and and we. I'm glad. I'm glad we figured that out.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's a great yeah. too. I'm gonna try that out. Actually, I've, I've never even I, I even considered it. It's that's why I love asking that question. Is like people tell me things. I'm like, man, I didn't even know that was yeah. a thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm very, I'm very happy we figured that out. And look, there's some recipes online for it, just to get so you get the proportions right. And there, yeah. there are ways to you can you can put vanilla into it and give it a little kick. Uh, it's nice. I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna try to see if I can yeah. find and put uh, almond milk recipe in the notes as well. I'm gonna make yeah. a little note here.
0: Um, nice,
1: sweet. Uh, and then on the flip side, so I also like to show how we're all human and getting better. What is one thing in your own life? Uh, that you could do better with in regards to kind of sustainability and stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about this. You know, I, I get angry at myself when, it, you know, I'll go to, I sometimes go to events, uh, even sustainability events, and forget to bring. Forget to bring a water container, and because you know, I we we pre- presented a lot of uh, sustainability events, you know, we're sort of standing there for a couple of hours, and mm-hmm. inevitably I I go get some water from a pitcher, but I and I I forget to bring, and I, I think it just means I need to carry a, a water container with me in my satchel, but I, I forget or I forget to bring it, and then I I get I get upset with myself for for that, so yeah, yeah. I think I I could I could do a lot better job of that. Just going back to. Plastics and microplastics and all that. So it's going to be the scourge of our time. And if we don't want to be eating more fish than plastic, you know, in the future or future generations are doing that, then people like me should f- remember their water bottles yeah. for starters.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll give a shout out. Clean Canteen is my personal favorite They're uh, Cool you know, made of metal and everything. I've dropped mine like a billion times on the concrete and it's pretty well dented and busted up. But, you know, I I took a hammer to the bottom and flattened it back out so it sits straight, but I love it because it's, you know, it's bomb proof. (laughs) So awesome. um, Great. And uh, do you have any, I guess, kind of last notes or things you'd want to kind of put out there to the crowd about, um, I don't know, just any, anything.
0: Well, look I, I just I just wanted to thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me and and I really appreciate what you're doing and thank you for thank you for reaching out to us and, and making this possible and yeah as I, as I said um, I'm always open to collaborating with like-minded folks so if, if people want to give me a shout email me or call me or whatever it is we' we are we are open to to working together and and we'd be happy'd be happy to chat with anybody who's interested absolutely
1: yeah I think uh, one of the best parts about being involved in something that's so altruistic is that a lot of the companies want to help each other out like I, I guarantee everybody's gonna you know love the idea and see what they can do to help um, spread the word so um, awesome great well yeah thanks again Matt for your time um, I, I think is a great conversation hopefully people can learn some uh, great nuggets out of that about the problem of food waste and uh so again, the the app is, go, MKT, uh, all together, right? No spaces. Yep. And the website, uh, same thing, go MKT.com, right? Yep, that's right. And then you can check out their Instagram, and we'll be when this releases, blasting out uh, all kinds of promos, linking to this stuff as well. And we'll be doing a like a kind of brand review on the app and everything, in um, a blog post coming up. So. Uh, fantastic awesome thanks again matt and remember everybody protect your wild
0: thank you very much for the opportunity colin i appreciate it
1: and thanks again to you guys the audience for listening to yet another episode please remember to subscribe and leave us a review it would be much appreciated and stay tuned for next week we got a bunch of interviews i've been busting my ass on and i think you're gonna like them